Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It's the 26th of January. Hard to believe we're almost out of January 2023. Golly, time is flying. It's a beautiful day outside here in Florida. Not sure. It's a little chilly. Not too bad. I think it's almost 60 degrees. I mean, maybe that's, uh, you know, in Florida, if it's uh, 60 or under, we get cold down here. Uh, But uh, all my... uh, uh, friends and uh, our listeners in uh, Mississippi and Virginia. I hope the weather's okay where you guys are. Hey, today is guest Thursday. You know, on Thursday is uh, the day we generally bring in a guest. If you're just tuning in, by the way, to SWAT radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And it spawned out of the SWAT Bible studies here in Jacksonville. Uh, we have uh, five midweek studies that, uh, We're going through the book of Acts right now. It's an expository study, but it's more than just a study. It's a, it's a group of guys who are committed to the authority of scripture, committed to evangelism, discipleship and community. And, um, we're, uh, we're excited about what God's doing in all of the lives of the men who are part of SWAT and listeners out there. Thank you so much for your uh, encouraging text and emails, uh, about, about just the the content of what we've been going through in Acts, Paul is such a a great, uh, just a great leader. He was a great mentor, and uh, in Acts twenty, we we see a guy finishing well. And uh, our guest today is a guy who has uh, probably heard a lot of stories like me of people who didn't finish well because uh, they didn't have boundaries, they didn't have accountability. And, um, and a lot of them, quite frankly, just believed that they couldn't, they couldn't defeat it, that they, they couldn't live with it because we're, we're broken people. And just because we struggle with sin doesn't mean we have to yield to that sin. And so I'm excited to have uh, Jay Haig back uh, from living without lust. Jay, welcome back to SWAT radio. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be with you. Yeah, and uh, you, how long has living without lust been around? We are. Uh, we will celebrate nine years of ministry uh, this summer. We have uh, had four uh, annual conferences. Uh, the next one is upcoming. It'll be a week from Friday. Uh, in terms of the leaders' dinner, what we do is we bring the leaders in, the therapists, the pastors, the ministry leaders, because we want them to understand that many underneath them or involved with them are struggling with lust, pornography, and these kinds of issues, and the shame involved, and the secrecy involved. We want them to know that there are tools. There's a message deeply embedded in the scriptures Mm -hmm. that can bring freedom. And we want, so we bring them in Friday night for a dinner. It's going to be a great dinner catered by BB's Restaurant. It's not a fundraiser. We bring them in. We engage. We're going to engage with Matt Wenger of Boulder Recovery, uh, who's going to be speaking on... um, important subjects about this and then friday and then saturday morning is the men's conference and that's uh nine to four here at the salem center we register at eight thirty, so that's kind of our flagship event for the whole year but 
Um, I can go into greater detail about what we do, but we've been going nine years, and I can tell you this, uh, we're always busy (laughs) because this is a big issue today. And finally, we're seeing younger and younger men come to the point of admitting that they need help. Their powerlessness over this is being discovered earlier in their lives, and they're coming for help, and that's a good sign. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I, I first met you, I think it was like, two years ago and uh now you've been a guest on here before and well, you've talked about the living without lust conference and th- this is an area that i've seen in the last few years jay get more uh, conversation than it has in the past it, it is starting because of organizations like yours and others it's starting to get talked about it was one of those subjects that a lot of people didn't talk about it. in fact uh, one time I was speaking at a uh, conference in Texas. My wife and I was there, and it was it was for leaders or uh, families, but it was really for adults. The kids did one thing, and I was talking to the the parents. And I remember very vividly uh, in the middle of that conference, um, one of my one of my children was having an issue with this, and so I just started talking about it to the people in the midst of an evangelism conference. Because it, it was something ongoing, and I said, you know, this is an area that's going to continue to be a problem, and we all need accountability. And when we lack accountability, and I said, every wife should be able to look at her husband's phone, computer, you know, checkbook, whatever. But really, there's a lot of couples in our country, in the church, who uh, spouses feel like they have privacy from their spouse which i don't think is really healthy for what you're trying to do right i mean it doesn't that just open a doorway up absolutely and we call this sometimes an intimacy disorder because somebody's living a private life somebody's living a secret life and usually this gets started way before it gets started in the teen years sometimes even in the single digit years we're seeing this average exposure by the way of porn is eight years old today um it's the wallpaper of our children's lives because it is literally everywhere on the Internet. We say either it will find you or you will find it. There's no third choice. You're going to be exposed at some, and the question is what we do about it. One of our most difficult challenges is to get parents to actually talk about this to these young kids. So by the time, Doug, they're getting married, they are already got a head of steam on this, and then the issue becomes with Christian men uh, they say, well, when I get married, uh, all this will be solved because I won't need this anymore because I will be able to have godly intercourse with my wife and I will not be able not, not have to hide it. But what they don't realize is that it's it, the issue is lust. It's not these behaviors. The, Jesus described it in Matthew five twenty-seven to 28 when the Pharisees came and essentially said, what about adultery? He said, the issue isn't adultery. The issue is a deeper heart issue of lust. And unless we deal with it, uh, that's why we're not called living without pornography. We're called living without lust because there are literally there are people who don't look at pornography, but they still have lust issues. Mm-hmm. So we always want to get to the core of the issue, Doug. Yeah, the, the, and Jesus, you're right. He spoke to it because a lot of times we can focus on behavior modification and the issue is going to continue to come back in a different form. It may you you may even get a victory over this particular area. It just manifests in somewhere else because 
you never deal with a core issue. Right. right. We call it playing whack-a-mole with lust. You push it down <laughs> in one area and it pops up in another. You think you're finished, but you're not because it is a hard issue. And we, that's why we have to get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. And so, listen, today, whether you're listening in Mississippi or Virginia or out west in Idaho uh, or you're in Iowa, it doesn't matter. I know we have listeners, Jay, that listen in Europe and India all over through the stream, the live stream, as well as the local radio stations. Um, do, is your uh, confidential hotline open to anybody, or is it just mainly targeting the people here in Florida? Oh, no, it's open to anybody. But I would encourage anybody listening out of the area to go to the website, livingwithoutlust.com. We have videos there. We have lots of resources and books. There's about 75 blog articles. There's all kinds of places to start there. So, if you're out of the area, we can consult with you by phone, and we can steer you in the right direction. I just want to talk, maybe this would be an opportunity to talk about what we call the four pillars of recovery. Let's say somebody's in this situation. Either they've been uh, intervened on by for looking at porn at work, mm-hmm. or they've had an affair or something. Some issue has come to the fore so that this is an undeniable watershed moment. What, where do I turn? And we say there's four pillars of recovery that you need to consider. One would be going away to a short-term workshop where experts will sit with you and you'll begin to deal with this thing in depth for the first time. We work with several of those short-term workshops. Then you're going to need a Christian therapist, somebody where you can begin to tell your story about when it started and what happened to you and begin to come to terms with uh, what God may be dealing with you in terms of your own story and all of this. That's number two. The third, we believe you need to be in, you talked about accountability. Many of us come out of a a local, or actually national group called Sexaholics Anonymous. It's a 12-step program. There needs to be some place where you can tell your story and you can listen to other people's story. And that reduces the shame and it increases the identification Often, and usually these meetings are closed to only those people who are dealing with this issue. So there's nobody going to be looking at you or judging you because everybody's dealing with the same thing. That's part of the ongoing care that we will uh, that we will see. And then the fourth thing, of course, is having some sort of a Christian mentor. If there is a crisis in your life, they'll walk with you and they'll say, you know, you're not alone. I'm with you. Let's have coffee. Let's have lunch. Let's walk through this marital crisis or whatever the crisis is because you will come out the other side and you will be the stronger for it. So if you don't know what to do, those four things, the short-term workshop, the Christian therapy, the 12-step, and the Christian mentor thing will get you off to a really good running start. Well, that's that's um, really good. Short-term workshop, then therapist, or count, it would be therapist slash counselor, somebody that can help you work through that. Uh, accountability group, uh, and then a mentor, a mm-hmm. discipler, mm-hmm. somebody who's discipling you. And and uh, if you're dealing with this, the only thing that's going to change your heart is Jesus. I mean, the only thing that can can take lust and put it under control is Jesus, right? Absolutely. And so we can talk more about that. Yeah, when we come back from our break, we'll, we'll be back uh, after our, our first break here. And I just again, I want to give you the website, livingwithoutlust.com, livingwithoutlust.com. And you they got resources there. You can find out more about Jay. They also have a confidential hotline you can call in just if you need to talk 
somebody, and um, and I'm sure uh, Jay would love to uh, help you with that problem if you want to. Listen, we all have problems. How, how cool is it that you've got a site that's dedicated to people that struggle with this? So when we come back, we're going to get more into how they do that at Living Without Lust and with Jay Haig. Thank you for listening, and we'll be right back after our break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you Hey, this is uh, Doug McCary. I just wanted to hear the rest of that, man. I got so taken in by the song. I love that. And by the way, these songs generate, I give a list to Larry and, and, uh, they randomly generate, but what a great song for this. You know, he, he is a chain breaker. He's the one who sets us free. And, uh, I was just talking to uh, Jay at the break about, um, his time over in England and said, you know, I was telling him about getting to spend some time with John Stott and he said, he's, he's been to his house. He know he got, he knew him too. And, uh, you know, uh, also Michael green. Um, and I, I just, that was fascinating. What a great opportunity. I want to sidestep just a little bit to ask you about that. What was it like interacting with green? Did you, Oh, he was great. Um, I went over in 1972 to tour seminaries in England cause I wanted to go to, more evangelical conservative seminaries in the uh, Anglican church rather than the Episcopal church were very liberal. So I had all my Bible and everything over there. So I went and Michael sat on the lawn and talked to my sisters and me for 20 minutes and applied there and went there. It'll be 50 years ago this fall that I entered seminary. Wow. There I spent two years uh, working with a guy named Frank Lake, who was a powerful counselor. Mm -hmm. Uh, there as well, and then finished up up at Virginia. But um, Michael had a real gift for evangelism. You know, he went to St. Aldate's in Oxford. Mm-hmm. He left there, did a lot of evangelism in South Africa as well, um, and um, quite a guy. 
I got I, I got introduced to him by Leighton Ford in the book uh, Evangelism in the Early Church, and it's just a really, really insightful read. And, you know, one of the things that you said at the break is he submitted that for his doctoral dissertation and it got rejected, which is amazing because it's so good. It is. And it's a classic, really, uh, yeah. if, if you do any – reading about evangelism in the early church that yes. you got to read that book yes. but sorry i digress uh, okay. but i want to get back to this uh conference you're doing here in jacksonville the fourth annual uh northeast florida men's conference and you got a guy named matt winger who is coming from boulder recovery and that's going to take place saturday february 4th and again you can register for this by going to livingwithoutlust.com and uh, go right to the website uh, in addition to being able to register for this conference, you can also um, go to a lot of good resources there. There's lots of good resources on the site that can help you. Listen, if you're a men's uh, group leader, uh, you know, I know there's lots of men's discipleship groups uh, around uh, that sometimes we don't bring this up. We're kind of almost afraid to bring it up because, you know, people – in those kind of groups, unless they bring it up, it's encouraging sometimes for people to ask and just say, Hey, do you struggle with this? You know, and, and, and not necessarily in a group of 50, but if you've got a, a smaller group to bring it up, because a lot of times what I found in, and, and maybe you could speak to this is when I talk to guys and I'll ask them like specifically pastors or leaders, and they say, nobody's ever asked me that. And they, they want to talk about it, but they never – elders don't ask them about let, it. Let me say a couple of things. Um, first of all, Friday night we're going to have a dinner here, and you can go and register for that as well. And that's for anybody who's a leader. Even if you're a Bible study leader and you're leading men, please come to that because there will be things talked about there that will be very important to give an avenue for people to talk. So what is the – if you were a pastor and you wanted the men to in your church to feel free to come to you, what do you need to do? Here's what you need to do. You stand up every six months, not every week. Every few months you stand up and you say, you know, a lot of people out there are struggling with things like pornography and uh, sexually broken behaviors. If you're struggling, don't struggle alone. Come and talk to me. We had a pastor who actually did that, and three men scheduled appointments in to come and talk to him. The reason people don't come to their pastor is twofold. Number one, they th don't think he would understand. You'd be amazed how many people in sexual addiction or recovery will say, my pastor would not understand. He would tell me to go and read my Bible and pray more. He doesn't understand the dynamics of it. And until I understand that there's an open door there where I can come in and talk to him in confidence and we can uh, discuss this and he can have maybe some suggestions about where I might go, uh, I'm not going to go to him. So part of our, our motto at Living Without Lust is we help men who struggle with lust. So it's men's struggle, and we support the Christian leaders who serve them. Why do we do that? Because we want to invest in leaders because leaders have the leverage. They're the one that gets the first call. The pastor gets the first call when the guy's been fired from work for looking at porn or he's been arrested. They get the first call. And so we want to f provide them with the resources and the relationships so they can turn and say, okay, 
Here's what's happened. Let's, here's what we're going to do about it. Here's the resources. Here's the things that you can bring into your life to begin to rebuild from this. And this rebuild, Doug, is a long rebuild. This is not weeks or months. It is years. We talk about marriages. When the, the, the secret is exposed in a marriage, mm-hmm. it's not a quick fix because the old marriage based on secrecy, lies, deception, etc., is gone. There has to be a new marriage based on trust, intimacy, and recovery because the first thing a wife wants to know when a, a husband has confessed is, are you going to do it again? Are we going to have, be having the same conversation in three months? or six months, or are you moving forward in this? And therefore, the sobriety, the recovery of the guy, the giving up of the behaviors, the change of heart, the listening to her, the loving her, not trying to manage or control her, all of these things are part of his recovery. And the marriage can be made new. I, I disclosed to my wife in 1993, 30 years ago. I've been married for 43 years now. We walked that road. It was not a straight line up road, but we walked the road because we persisted. I persisted in my recovery. She persisted in doing dealing with some of her stuff, and what's been created is beautiful as a result. Well, and here's, here's the thing for people out there to kind of take in as you're listening to Jay share about living without lust is is a a stewardship that God gave Jay just like he gave me SWAT to it's a stewardship of teaching uh it's a stewardship of of counseling I mean God has poured into Jay through guys like Michael Green and others a lot of biblical truth and in the same way that Paul entrusted the Ephesian elders we've been talking about that all week uh, Jay has been entrusted with using God's word. No, you don't just give them a Bible verse, but the Bible is a part of it. And and so living without lust looks at it from a Christian perspective, but there's, but there's also practical helps. If the Bible's not practical in your life, it does no good, right, Jay? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of anguish. In the, in the minds of Christian men who come, come to us because here's the question that is a conundrum for them. Why couldn't my faith save me from this? Mm-hmm. And what happens is as they begin to come in recovery, the things that were broken, that were torn in two, my faith is one, one side, my behavior is another, they begin to come together and to, the person becomes reintegrated. And when they get to that place in recovery where then they return to the Bible, they say, oh my gosh, I never understood this book before. I never understood that Jesus came for broken people. I never understood that his grace and his presence and that intimate connection with him was what my lust was really looking for. I never understood all these things. I never understood the grace and forgiveness. I never understood that he was my lust bearer. We talk about the substitutionary atonement, you know, that's an evangelical phrase. He died for us. But he is the one who bears, according to Hebrews, continues to intercede for us and bears the things that we are that we are cannot bear. Yeah. And our lust is unbearable. We can't we were never meant to bear it. And so he says, he took it on the cross and he said, I will take it. 
Give it to me. Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm just thinking verses pop into my head. This is not an issue that just popped up in our culture. <laughs> it has been around so much so that when Paul wrote the Thessalonians, he said, this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. I mean, he goes on to talk about the accountability to God because he realizes it's a hard issue. Or even David, going even further back in time, where David says, I will put no vile thing before my eyes, that that more than likely was written after the whole Bathsheba incident, right? Yes. In Psalm 32 and 51, both of her, the David's repentance psalms, he had to come before God and realize that he sinned, he said, against thee only, against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So there has to be a cleansing, an acknowledgement, not only of the sexual stuff, but of the character defects, the way we have hurt other people, the way we have treated them, our resentments, our fears, all of these things come into it as we begin to be healed. There's a process there. And we remember with David, he had consequences. You know, the baby died. There are. There are. Yeah. And, you know, Jay, that's one thing I'd like to hear you weigh in on how y'all, y'all, you can tell I'm from Mississippi, right? Uh, uh, but how, uh, and that's all right because we got Mississippi people listening, right? Uh, but how you at Living Without Lust deal with, there. I've found in my ministry over the years, sometimes guys really don't want to deal with the lust issue. They feel bad, and they want to confess because it makes them feel better, better to get the information out. It's almost like a cathar, you know, cleansing for them yeah. to just confess it. But when you talk to them about the real heart issue and try to address that and get them to take some positive uh, steps toward healing that, they don't really want to do the work. Uh, that I mean... God doesn't just zap you and make it go away. That's right. This is like a car car crash. You have to clear the road, get the wreckage out of the way, get a new car, and continue your journey. And yeah. that, that takes time. So when we come back, I really would like, if there's might be people listening who are those people, I'd like you to speak to them for a second because they may be listening and go, I struggle, and I always keep struggling, and I just keep doing, I'm in this like rat in a cage syndrome. Okay. All right. So, hey, you're listening to uh, Jay Haig from Living Without Lust. Got a conference coming up on February 4th, uh, 9 to 430 at the Salem Center. We'll be all right back with more from Jay and Living Without Lust on SWAT Radio. That's another good song. This is Doug McCary from His Light Ministries, Brother, Let Me Be Your Shelter. It's about brothers walking together, helping each other, and that's really what we need. We need each other to come alongside. I, I can't thank God enough for the guys he's brought into my life 
to be accountability guys, guys who will ask the questions. And, and it's not that you're just afraid to tell them the wrong answer that you, you have messed up. It's just that people care and, and they know that the whole issue and guys, if you're listening out there right now, uh, it, the issue is really not about your failure. It's what the enemy wants to do to destroy your witness. Because if you're his, he, he can't take your salvation, but he can take he can take your witness. He can destroy your witness. And Jay, we've seen that in church leaders and pastors and guys just leave a trail after a train wreck of broken lives of people who look to them. And if the enemy can take you down before you ever get started, then he'll use it the rest of your life to try to hamper you on it. So what what causes that? What causes that is a vacuum. There's a, there's a point in a Christian man's life where he realizes there's an emptiness. And what happens often with pastors is that they try to fill it with power, with money, with notoriety, with bigger churches, with whatever it is, and it doesn't fill it because it was that God-shaped void uh, that Augustine talked about is the intimate relationship with God and an honest and open relationship with others. That's what, that's what feeds us. It's not these other things, these other golden calves, these, this, the, the search for money and recognition and power, whatever it is. Those are the things that fill that gap, and then they lead down, down the road of destruction. Yeah, they do. Well, you know, I want to go back to this question I asked before the break. For the, for, for the person out there who just keeps coming back, it's like every time they're uh, alone, they let themselves go to that place. Even though they have a way out, they go there, and then they go they go to the person who's in their life if they have somebody, and they'll confess, mm. and I did it again. Yes. And they just keep this cycle going. We call that the wash, re- rinse, repeat cycle. Yes. And it is, the, it is a vicious cycle. C.S. Lewis wrote a poem called um, Addison's Way, and he talked about walking in the circle. He used to walk there in the circle. And he said, every once in a while, the gate opens. And he said, when the gate opens, quick, 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 he says, get out, get out. What we want to say to people is that there is a way out, but it takes work, and it's a program. It's not an instantaneous thing. It's not dumping and just being honest. That's not going to do it. We have to have a comprehensive approach to this. And if that's why we talk about the program. We have to work a program. So guys who are struggling with this may be saying, is it really worth it? Am I really that bad? Is it really going to be that much better? my life that much better if I face this, I put energy into it, and I find a new way. And what they also want to know is, is there hope for me? Is there hope? Mm. Yes, there is hope, and there is a way forward. But it's going to take your soul. It's going to take what is deep inside of you, committing yourself to a program of recovery in order to, in order to get there. And that's what we're offering. It's not easy, but it works. And it, and and basically, what you're doing is you're discipling guys. It's it's like the the whole discipleship process. It's it, so many people in our culture want 
instantaneous maturity <laughs> in any area, right? It doesn't matter if it's it's dealing with this or other areas. They want to be a Christian and they want to be one now. They want to be they they want to go from from being an unbelieving pagan in the way they live their life to being the apostle Paul. And 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 maybe they're not saying I don't have to be the apostle Paul, but they certainly want to be at a maturity level. Why do I keep struggling with this? And, you know, I asked a guy one time about the whole lust issue. He was in his 80s, a strong ministry leader who'd been very faithful to his wife. And, 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 oh, I didn't ask him. Actually, there was a guy in our group and he asked, does the lust ever go away? You know, do, do you ever just get to a, cause he's in his 80s. He goes, yeah. to, he goes, it never does. No, never does. It never does. It's a battle. And, but it's a battle that you can say no to. And what it does also, Doug, the recognition of that is also a recognition how dependent we are on the Lord and how much we need to be intimately connected with him and with our other believer friends. We've got to keep those connections. That's really we, the drive to connect. You know, Kurt Thompson says, we, are, we come out of the womb with our arms outstretched saying, connect with me. Mm-hmm. And that connect, desire for connection never goes away. And lust hides within that as, a, as the answer. It's the shortcut, as if the quick fix, you know, the intri- intrigue, the tease, the forbidden. That's the thing that draws lust out of us. But we've got to understand that that independent, Paul talked about this in, the, in his thorn in the flesh passage in Second uh, Corinthians 12. He said, I was given a thorn in the flesh. I asked God to take it away. And he said, Three times, and I think that's three seasons of his life, not three individual prayers, but three seasons of his life. God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Weakness can be a gift if we give it to God and we see his strength flow through us because of that weakness. So a lot of people want lust to be eliminated, but uh, it will never be eliminated. Well, and uh, I I, want to delve into the age we live in right now. Because growing up, if if people, when I was a young kid, wanted to look at pornography, you had to get the magazine. There was no access on a device that you could hold in your hand and do it there. There was no on the computer. And so now, like you said, it will find you. And now I, I heard the same stat the other day about eight years old is when most kids are getting exposed to it. You wrote a book called The Rest of God, Freedom from Lust in the Internet Age. Talk a little bit about the impact that personal phones or personal computers actually in your hand and the computer age has brought to this issue. Well, essentially, uh, what we're seeing in our society is, uh, number one, the elimination of childhood. We see this in the schools now where they're being sexualized and having drag queen shows and all this uh, stuff. And, and the, there's a current complaint in Jacksonville or in, the, in Florida about teaching black history. It's not the teaching of black history. The problem is teaching in that curriculum, they talk about queer, queer blacks. And so it's a sexualized thing. It's hidden within and wrapped within the black history curriculum. And that's what the governor is objecting to. But we'll leave that aside for a moment. <laughs> so what has happened is we've gone through a period where the computer was in the house. And you could segregate the computer and you could put all kinds of blocks and everything. We can talk about that a little bit. But um, now it has mutated to the phones. 
and the phones go with the child wherever they go. So literally, parents, they have to have the conversation. Uh, we, we encourage them to read books like um, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, or Good Pictures, Bad, Bad Pictures Junior, which are both on Amazon, which prepares your children that they will see pornography. How, how early should you start with kids? You won't believe it. Three, four, five years old. Real, those books. Those right. books. The junior one is three to five year old. I believe the other one is a little bit older kids. And it's called Good Pictures, Bad, bad Pictures. Pictures. And so the reason we read them to them is because it enhances trust because what we're saying to them is, if you see this, please come and talk to us. It's not your fault. Let's talk about it. Because what happens is the shame creates the hiding, and the hiding can live there for years. And if this happened to a relative of mine, he was watching porn in his room for two years, on a, and he's been permanently affected by it, permanently. And the, the brain chemistry says when, when you look at pornography, the, the passages in your brain expand, and they never go back to the way they were. Now, in recovery, they can shrink and shrink and almost go back, but they never go back completely before you saw it. So we live in a very dangerous time in a time where parents need to be very, very proactive. But this is bombarded. It's bombarded all the time. And now your phone knows what you see, and it will reflect back to you what you see, and it will multiply the things that you see. And so our weaknesses are literally being exploited, uh, exploited yeah, yeah. on phones and on well online. yeah like so so i was talking to a young guy the other day and he was asking he asked are you on tiktok and i said no i don't have tiktok and he goes oh that's the way most of guys my age they they learn stuff and they go to tiktok well if you if you went to tiktok because i've heard people talk about it there's all kinds of videos on there Mm -hmm. there's and there's no filters on there that that you can just go there and see and once those kids see it it's like you said it brings that continued content back to them or things like that right and so it is a real danger because every time they see that they get the dopamine release they get the excitement and it's not even just the excitement of the the naked women or even the loosely clad women it's also the excitement about doing something they're not supposed to do yes. that gets reinforced. A lot of people don't talk about that. I, when we come back, I'd like to delve into that just for a second because we we, we got to go to our last break. But that's something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, about how we we like living on the edge or doing something, you know, there's a, there's that nature in us. Uh, Paul says, I do the things I don't want to do the things I don't want to do. I do. There's something inside of us that gets excited and exhilarated to get near the edge and, and sometimes cross over it without anybody seeing it. And we like, wow, I got away with that. Yes. The law came in to increase the trespass. Yes. And so when we come back, (laughs) I really would, like to talk about the danger of that and 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 you brought up having conversations about the good pictures bad pictures even about those issues uh having those conversations to help people understand hey when you when you're doing something you're not supposed to do and you think you're not being seen you are yes but you will feel exhilarated if there's no human around that you're getting away with it but you won't 
and and there will be consequences. So when we come yeah. back, I'd like to go into that a little bit. Yeah. Hey, uh, you're listening to uh, Doctor J. It's Doctor, right? No, no, Doctor. I'm sorry. I just gave you an honorary doctorate Thank from you. SWAT Radio. That was there easy you go. Work. I just don't have any uh, <laughs> educational credentials to back it up. But anyway, Jay Haig uh, from Living Without Lust. He wrote The Rest of God, Finding Freedom from Lust in the Internet. You can go to Amazon and get that. And we're going to be back to talk to him more about the Living Without Lust conference coming up and how Living Without Lust can help you if you struggle in this area of sexual addiction. Uh, So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this last steak and break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. We're back for our last break with Jay Haig of Living Without Lust. Jay, uh, I want to mention the Sexual Integrity Leadership Conference. We haven't talked about that in May. May 18th through 20th, you're going to have a pastor's workshop about that. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Okay. The Sexual Integrity Leadership Summit is a national meeting for leaders pastors, therapists, ministry leaders to come together to wrestle with the issues of sexual brokenness and how we as Christians and the gospel relate to these things. This will be the fifth meeting. We've had one in San Antonio, one in Atlanta, one in San Antonio. St. Louis was last year, and we're bringing it to North Jacksonville Baptist Church this May 18th through 20th. You can go to sexualintegrityleaders.com and register for that. Uh, It is uh, targeted to, p- to people that are leaders. So if if you're in that category, that will be especially of interest to you. Yeah, this is a national conference. So for all our listeners, no matter where you're listening from, bring a group, yes. bring some leaders and come down here, get some elders, get some of your group leaders, come down, enjoy that. I mean, that's a great time of year to be in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful city. We've taken down hotel rooms. There's plenty of hotel rooms. There'll be some wonderful activities. Uh, amazing speakers. The speakers will be announced uh, very soon. But again, uh, you can go to sexualintegrityleaders.com 
and and do that. And I just want to iterate once again, if you want to come to the Leaders' Dinner uh, Friday, the February 3rd here at the Salem Center, go to livingwithoutlust.com. You can click on that. That's for pastors, therapists, and ministry leaders. You can bring your spouses. Um, that The women are allowed in that. We hope there will be many. And then the next day will be the men's conference. Same website, livingwithoutlust.com. And uh, you can sign up for that. We have coffee and sweet rolls at 8.30 as we register you and begin sharply at 9. We'll have some worship and a great time together with Matt Wenger to talk about healing our relationships with God, our partners, and ourselves. And I want to just mention his three talks, and there'll be some breakout sections. Attachment, trauma, and sex addiction is the first his first talk, and that's a really important one um, because our ability to attach or or be intimate with others is deeply affected by sex addiction. Mm-hmm. The second one is called the sexualization of needs. So what happens often is we have a need for uh, companionship or a need for significance, and that gets derailed into a short-circuiting of a sexualized approach, mm-hmm. masturbation, pornography, etc. Then the final session is the spiritual attachment wounds. We've heard him give this um, before, and it's very dynamic and uh, you will get a lot out of it if you choose to attend. Again, livingwithoutlust.com, uh, you can um, register. I think it's $45 for the dinner by BB's Restaurant here and $50, which includes lunch for the men's conference. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Living Without Lust, that's the 4th of February uh, from 9 to 4.30 p.m., and then the dinner is on Friday right uh, here at the Salem Center. Um, hey, the... Um, the the conference we just the sexual integrity leaders summit i want to let people know that if you register before february 14th which is only a few weeks away uh they have a early bird registration you get a reduced price so you can go ahead and do that again who is this for if you are a ministry leader a pastor church staff um counselor therapist they're going to be talking about things like uh human connection from scripture and neuroscience, putting those things together. Like how does that work? Right. Because Mm -hmm. that a lot of times people dismiss like the neuroscience aspect. And yet you go to the doctor for a broken leg, right? I mean, you go to the doctor to have your leg treated when it's broken. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we are starting to understand things about the brain and how it reacts to different stimuli and things. And and so putting the Bible and those things together can be very powerful in healing. And that's what it, it's about. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Carol Tanksley is going to be one of the speakers, they said, mm-hmm. who is um, she talks about uh, beyond behavior, which I love. It's It's about the heart. It's about the heart, just like we were saying earlier. So, again, that's sexualintegrityleaders.com. That is a national conference here in Jacksonville. So if you're in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, or Folkestone, Georgia, you're right here. But for even people in Mississippi, Virginia, out west, or uh, you're, you're welcome to bring a group down here. There will be people from all over coming to that, right? And we'll address all the kinds of issues there. You know, this is kind of the issue of our time. If you talk about what's happening to our kids with this um, – uh, transsexual stuff, all the things that they are being. And it's not going with. away, is it? It's not going away. It's only going to get worse. And we have to tell a different story from the Christian perspective. It can be an attractive story, a story where, with that starts with our bodies. I mean, the scripture says that our bodies tell the story 
of what God's plan is. If we work from the body inward rather than the feelings outward, particularly the feelings of a fickle teenager, Mm -hmm. which are never permanent, we're going to be in trouble. We have to get the tune from God's creation. And so we'll tell a different story. It'll be a positive one. Uh, and we all need to learn to do that together. And again, these issues have been around since the beginning of time. You know, I was thinking, I'm just sitting here thinking about stories that pop up from the Bible, um, uh, even even about Judah treating Tamar, his daughter-in-law, at like a, he thought she was a prostitute. So these stories go back a long time. Lust goes back a long time. And and yet there's so many encouraging passages in God's word, like 1 Corinthians 6, where Paul says, such were some of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people who came out of homosexuality, who came out of lustful, adulterous relationships, and and you can be one of those people that comes out of that. Don't feel defeated. Don't feel like it can't happen because it can. I've seen and talked to too many people who God has delivered from addiction. He delivered me. He delivered Jay. We all are broken people. And the the whole idea is in our brokenness, we learn to lean on him. We learn to trust him. And, uh, and you, you're just, you're not going to do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. I want to say something just to to those who may be experiencing same sex attraction, because the culture tends to say to you, well, that means you're gay. That means you need to affirm your sexuality. You need to go in that direction. But the fact of the matter, Doug, and you know this, there are a huge majority of people who have same-sex attraction issues, they're they're unwanted. They do not want them. They do not want the lifestyle, and they're not going to believe that message, but the culture gives them no support. When we bring them in, we deal with lust, and lust is the thing that binds us all. So we don't differentiate in a sense. We acknowledge that people have different lust issues but we share the same fellowship, the same pathway of recovery. And there's a tremendous safe place in recovery for those who are experiencing same-sex attraction because finally they can be in a place where people really understand them and they want to help them with that thing. They don't want to be gay. They want to, and many of them are married. They want to live a healthy lifestyle according to their Christian faith. Yeah, and, and the issue, again, is more about the heart where the lust issue takes place. Even, you know, in first John, when he says, this is the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust Mm -hmm. of the flesh and the pride of life. I mean, it, it is, it is all throughout scripture. So, you know, it's something that was important to God because he spoke about it so many times, both through Jesus at the sermon on the Mount and through his apostles and through, uh, the writings uh, of John, I, I, it's something. and, And so I'm very thankful for living without lust, uh, for what you and, um, you know, I know, you know, Jerry Sinclair, Jerry, what he does as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, though there's good groups out there for you to be a part of and learn to walk through it. But like you said earlier, it's a process. It's not gonna, there's no magic pill to make it go right. away. There's another thing from first John that uh, we often quote, and that is where he says, um, uh, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. So there's a conditional se- sentence there. If you walk in the light, what is the, what? We know what walking in the light is, and that's what James says: confess you, your sins to one another and pray for one another. We have to come out from isolation as men and tell somebody. Mm-hmm. If we tell somebody and get honest in a, with this in a safe place, 
and begin to find the fellowship of recovery. We're not going to recover alone. This is not a lone wolf thing. You're not going to solve it by yourself by reading a book or sitting at home or thinking no one will ever find out. We have to find a trusted person and come out and begin to talk. And when we do that, we tell our stories, we begin to find hope, and there is a path forward. And that's really what the major thing I want to say is that we're all about finding the hopeful path forward for all of us. Mm. You know, on your website, you talk about sexual sobriety. Uh, just for, we, we got just a couple of minutes left. Talk to the single guy out there, mm. the single man who's out there who says, well, you know what? It's not hurting anybody. I, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm a man. I got hormones going, right. you know? So there's a little pamphlet we said uh, we read often that's called Does a Man Have to Have Sex? Because there's a myth out there that, you know, unless I have it once a week, I'll explode. Yeah. Um, the fact is, genetically, physiologically, and, of course, theologically, uh, men do not have to have sex. Men can live celibate. And one of the things we do sometimes with married people is to have a mutual agreed sobriety where they don't have sex for 90 days. I did this with my wife. And therefore, you begin to have non-sexual intimacy. And when you touch your wife, it's not about sex. It's about caring and loving and being non-sexually intimate. But the reality is that, um, let's say, the two gifts no one wants are martyrdom and celibacy. <laughs> and uh, But we can... It's not easy. Uh, Julie Slattery says, sexuality is not a problem to be solved. God did not mean it to be solved. It's a territory to be reclaimed. And that's Mm. what we're about. And it's meant to be within the design that God, to take it any other way than God designed it, it's like taking a train off the tracks and putting it in the desert. It ain't going to work. So, Jay, thank you for joining us today. And again, I want to tell you, out there, uh, folks, about the Living Without Lust Conference. It's on February 4th, um, 9 a.m. to 4.30 here at the Salem Center. You can go to livingwithoutlust.com for that. Uh, also, the Sexual Integrity Leadership Conference in May, sexually sexualintegrityleaders.com. And Jay's book, The Rest of God. Go to Amazon, put Jay Hagen or just The Rest of God, Finding Freedom from Lust. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. You'll have Brad and David in. Jay, have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Doug. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual